You're listening to the Pimp Cron Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 138 of the Pimp Cron Warhammer Podcast. Can you believe we are on episode 138? I have done 138 of these episodes, if you weren't keeping up at home. Uh, it's fantastic. I'm I'm really pleased to have gone this far, and being that we release every single week as opposed to every other week, we're really catching up on some of those other podcasts because, you know, they've been going on for years, and they, they cancel, and they postpone, and they blah, 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 and here we are as always. So, what are we talking about? Well, we have the Diarchasm Crimson Court that I have in the Want That or Want That Not. That's the vampire people that just came out as a new release. And we also have Levi back again this week asking about Daughters of Cain, what he needs to do next to fill out his Daughters of Cain army. And we also are talking about how we should just let bygones be bygones and let everybody in Warhammer just enjoy their self. It doesn't matter if they are cheesy or they're lore people or whatever. You'll get the point when I get into it, but that's what we're discussing. What have I been up to? Well, I did not actually go to my game night this week, so I did not play at the store, but what I did end up doing is I decided to go on a one-man bro trip, which, man, I do that so infrequently. It was two years ago the last time I did a bro trip by myself. But I did, and um, I usually with the family, usually with the kids or with buddies or whatever, but I decided that um, me and my buddy Eric decided that we were going to meet up, and uh, he lives six hours away, so we ended up driving each three hours each, Uh, but that was on Thursday. On Wednesday night, which is my normal game night, um, I actually drove up early to Pennsylvania, and I met with some of the Basement Wargamer guys from that we know from Shorehammer. I had a good time with Jared, which is um, a really nice guy from Basement Wargamers, and he comes to Shorehammer every year. We played some Age of Sigmar, 2,000 points. I brought Seraphin. He brought his Gloom Spike Gits, and the Gloom Spike Gits surprisingly have some punch. I mean, they're not super durable, but they definitely have some punch. And I, he was winning on like turn three, the score was like 11 to nothing because he jumped, they're fairly mobile compared to my five inch movement lizard men and my cavalry with eight inches for no reason for my Saurus Knights. And they jumped on the objectives and it was just nigh impossible to remove them for a time. But at the end of the game, I was able to turn it around and I beat him 20 to 18. So that was a pretty big turnaround in just three three turns or two and a half turns and uh, that was pretty fun we got to see their new um a game store in phoenixville pennsylvania called palladium games that was a really nice store got to see a bunch of basement war gamers and once again all the cool you know friendly people that i've met in this hobby is is really a blessing to be honest it is uh it's fantastic to be able to go you know two states over and go hang out with people that I already know from Shorehammer and they're all friendly and we get games in and stuff saw my buddy Rowdy and some other people so it was fantastic then that night I stayed in a hotel room and then the following day me and Eric met up and we went hiking and it was a beautiful day could not have asked for a nicer day and which is always kind of the risk when you go into you know, plans made several months in advance because you don't know if it's going to rain or whatever, but everything was great. And we also did a first 
for me. Um, he doesn't get to play Warhammer as much as I do. I play every single week, sometimes twice a week, and he only gets to play once every couple months or whatever. And it's been like several months since he's even played Warhammer in person. So we both brought Warhammer armies just in case, you know, we decided not to hike anymore. And I've got like a lingering knee injury I'm trying to get over. So we didn't know how long we could hike anyway. And we went and ate lunch and whatnot after hiking. And I was like, well, you want to keep hiking? And he's like, well, why don't we play Warhammer? Let's go to a park, find a park bench and play Warhammer. And I'm like, well, okay, but we don't have any terrain. And he's like, oh, no, I got you, boy. You remember Jamie Foxx on uh, In Living Color? He, he'd play that woman. It was hilarious. But anyway, I got you, boy. And he pulled out uh, Matt and Terrain and all this stuff. And we, we had a blast. Um, I have never, I don't think I've ever once in my entire over a decade of playing Warhammer have I played outside. I just don't think it's ever been a thing that has happened. And uh, we found a park nearby. It was only a half mile away. We played Sisters of Battle versus my cast Space Marines. And he ended up whooping my butt. I was... It's funny because it, it was the exact opposite of the day prior. The day prior, I was losing the whole game and turned it around at the end. And then my game with Eric, he I was winning the whole game by a couple points. And then he turned it around at the end. I think he beat me 8-5 to five or something like that, which technically would have been... Uh, eight to five would have been 40 to 25 if you're doing regular points, but whatever. He ended up, um, Sisters of Battle can be pretty nasty, and I 100% underestimated his Repentia. Completely. <laughs> they, they, believe it or not, the Repentia took down a Helldrake, and I did not think that would be possible, but they did. And the Helldrake died to them, my Warp Talons died to them. It was pretty nasty. So, um, but anyway, it was a great time. It was nice seeing Eric and uh, had a blast. It's it's so fun to go on a trip by yourself occasionally because you're just by yourself, you know? It, luckily for me, I could go meet people that I already knew, but it's such a different experience because you're on the road by yourself, you stay in a hotel by yourself, and you just, you know, you're, you're being by yourself, which is kind of nice, um, especially when you live in a house full of six people like I do. I'm not complaining at all about my life situation because I love my babies. Um, but, you know, if you are not familiar with having four kids and a wife or a spouse, then you you know how, like, when you got friends over, there's, like, some extra noise. You've got, like, you know, a party you're having or whatever. There's always noise. There's always activity. Well, when you live in the house with five other people, there's always activity. There's always someone running around. Sometimes they're naked. Uh, no, I'm kidding. But there's always someone running around. There's always someone yelling. There's always someone playing a game or reading a book or talking or moving. Or It's just always calamity all the time. So um, and so it's kind of nice to be like, you know, just chill by yourself for a little while. Especially if you come from my situation with so many people in the house. But I do end up getting lonely pretty easily. So uh, it's funny because whenever my, uh, my wife and uh, kids go on a trip without me, like to see her family or whatever, and I can't go. It's like, um, yeah, the first couple hours is like awesome. You know, I order some dinner or I watch, you know, some Portlandia or something like that. And give me about two hours, three hours alone. I'm, I'm kind of lonely. <laughs> it's just you get used to all these people around you and you don't know what to do when there's all these people not around you. So I could definitely see why like retired people, when their kids all leave the, the nest and they go to college or start their own life, it's kind of like lonely. I mean, at least you have each other, hopefully, but um, I could definitely see why that is. But I, I had a total blast. It was a great trip, and I'm happy I did it, made some good memories, and um, 
that is pretty much it. I've also started painting on my Flesh Eater Quartz army, and I'm pretty happy with how I'm, I've devised a very simple but effective paint scheme, which is very easy to do. So I'm happy with that. And um, that's about it. Work is really picking up, so I've been working pretty much every day, but um, still having time to do things for fun. Anyway, let's get on with this. I have rambled long enough, and I will see you on the other side of this music. Oh, by the way, thank you so much, GameMat.eu, for supporting the show, and my beautiful, sexy, good-smelling Patreon patrons. Thank you so much. Led by uh, Mother Flippin' Lord, Mike. Anyway, we will uh, see you on the other side of this music. Let's open the Tesseract mailbox. This week's Real Talk with the Pimkron has me talking to Levi again. Uh, Levi messaged and said, uh, well, I'll just read you the message. Anyway, he was the one that wrote last week about um, the Hedonites of Slanesh and asking for opinions on that. So he writes this week, Hey, Pimkron, I hope this message finds you well. Thank you for replying last week. I haven't even seen the Slanesh Fiend model. So I gave my girlfriend the Daughters of Cain. Unfortunately for her, I'm going to be slapping those snake ladies around with my Keeper of Secrets or Squad of Fiends. <laughs> what should I find next for her Daughters of Cain? I'm not sure if I should do more snakes or maybe some witch elves. The start collecting Daughters of Cain looks good too, but it seems to have a lot of HQ options and not many troops. Anyway, have a good week. Thanks again, Levi from Hemet. So thanks for writing in, Levi. I appreciate it. Now, this one I have not as much authority on because I only know two Daughters of Cain players and um, neither one of them have played in like a year. Just James is one of the Daughters of Cain players and he I asked him and he's like, dude, I don't even remember. I think he hasn't played with their new book, so things are a little different. And I know that Marathi changed a lot for them, the book of Marathi. So... Going again, this is the um, this is the best I can give you as far as advice. And normally, when I give advice on lists and things like that, one of my favorite websites to stop by and check out, just to make sure I'm not missing anything, is 1D4chan. And obviously, 4chan has some, uh, some controversial reputation or whatever. But 1D4chan, if you can get past the jokes and the silliness, it actually has a lot of really good stuff. But unfortunately... Um, it is down and out for the count. I don't know if it's been taken down or what. You get one of those 504 notification numbers uh, pages. And I do know that they went down last spring and they found the backup and they put it back up. But this has been like a month now and 1D4chan is, is down. So I don't have the resource that I would usually use for an army that I'm really not that familiar with. And I have not played against Daughters of Cannon in quite some time. And I have not... Um, my two players I know have not played them in quite some time. That being said, based off the knowledge I do have of Daughters of Cain, is that they rely heavily on the, I'm going to get these names wrong, but the Cauldron of Blood or the, whatever the other version of that is. And basically they, they buff the models really well. So that is basically the core of your army will be these um, altars or the chariots, whatever the big thing is in the start collecting. Um, I, one of them's the Cauldron of Blood, and I forget what the other variant is. But anyway, they they buff your army pretty well. But they're, if we're really talking about value, the start collecting set really is valuable. And the reason why 
is because you will be getting more of the Snake Ladies. And of course, to be honest with you, Daughters of Cain are glass cannons. They play just like um, Dark Eldar in Warhammer 40k, where they can deal a lot of damage if done well, but they are not durable in the least. So that's their flaw. And I do know that the Blood... Oh, Blood Throne. I think it's called the Blood Throne. The Blood Throne and the Cauldron of Blood... Um, both buff them in different ways. It changes if you put different characters on top of it, like the Medusa or the other lady, and um, or if you make it the Altar of Cain. And um, but the cool thing is, is that that big altar thing that comes in the Start Collecting box, and this is why I suggest buying the Start Collecting box, is um, the altar comes with three different characters. One of them is the embodiment of Cain, and he can be used separately. The other one is the witch lady, whatever her name is, and she could be used separately. And it also comes with the Medusa, which is another lady that can also be used separately. Or all three of them can also, one at a time, be put on that throne. So it's highly versatile. A lot of people will end up magnetizing those models on there and then magnetizing them onto bases. And basically, you're knocking out with 90 bucks or 95, whatever the start collecting is. You are not only getting one of the cores to your whole army, which is those thrones, because they buff stuff within different uh, ranges, but you're also getting three different characters. And one of them is, I don't know if Kane's actually a behemoth, but he is, he's a, a nasty monster. So you'll be getting three characters and the core of your whole army, and you will also be getting more of the Snake Ladies. And as much as I love the Snake Ladies, they are not very durable. Uh, their save is not great. Their number of wounds is not great. Um, they can dish some damage, but they have to be used with care. And um, who I find to be even less durable is the Flying Ladies. I'm not even going to try to pronounce their name. It's It's a ridiculous word, whatever it is. And uh, they, man, I kill them. The last time I played against them, I just slaughtered them. They have like a really crappy save. They drop down and they they can deal some damage before they instantly die. So uh, not to mention the price point on those suckers. So to be honest, I would not suggest getting two different start collectings for the Daughters of Cain, but I could definitely say see you getting one of them as the core of this army that you're starting. And to be honest, that Kane miniature is pretty cool, and he's very useful as a distraction carnifex, just like we said about your Keeper of Secrets. That Kane model is, um, you take him off the throne, or put him on the throne, but he doesn't do anything if he's on the throne, um, besides buff people, but he's not like a combat monster. If you take him off the throne, he is a combat monster, and he is definitely going to be soaking up shots, while the rest of your extremely fragile Daughters of Kane army is running about kicking people in the teeth. Um... But the the flying ladies I am not a fan of because they die so darn easy. And I would not really suggest buffing them any more than you already have. Um, but that is basically all you get from the start collecting. And I think that's plenty. I think it's a really nice box for the core of an army, which I think is basically their, their goal with the start collectings. Usually they got some characters. Usually they got some, you know, some troops and all that. Um, actually, I think you, I think it comes with four characters. Yeah, it comes with Kane and Medusa and then two other ladies and, uh, then the five snake ladies. But, uh, let me, now if you're doing 150 bucks, what I would do is I would do this start collecting set. And then my personal opinion is I would get one of the sisters of slaughter boxes or the witch elves. And I believe it's the same box. I'm not positive, but, um, 
that gives you another unit to use. But the Canari, Canari, I guess, the winged ladies, I was just not impressed with at all the last time I played against them. And that would be your 150 bucks right there. You'd get another 10-man unit of either Witch Elves or the Sisters of Slaughter. And you'd also be getting five more Snake Ladies and the Altar and the Monster and a total of four characters. And then you're pretty much set as far as the core of your army. Then you just get whatever you want. Um, unfortunately, there's not a ton of options there. But I do know the other uh, Daughters of Cain player told me that the Marathi model is baller is really really good there's a that you get the big version and the small version of her for $138 and she's crazy good and they can both ironically be on the field at the same time which doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense to me because I, I feel like they're like the same person but uh Anyway, but I would not suggest you getting... You you need to, at this point, flesh out your army some more. And I don't think that getting Marathi would help you as much as getting the Start Collecting and some Sisters of Slaughter or the other one, whichever your playstyle is. Unfortunately, really, that's all I can say on the matter because I am just trying to use logic to answer your question because I am not very well versed in that army. But I do know that you got to play them fast and punch people in the face as soon as possible. And having Kane there and having the throne are very good boons for your army. So thanks for writing in, Levi. I appreciate it. And you can reach me at facebook.com slash pimpcron or I'm sorry, it's, it's facebook.com slash pimpcron or pimpcron at gmail.com. Want that or want that not? This is Want That or Want That Not, and we are talking about the Warhammer Underworld's Dire Chasm, the Crimson Court, which is all of the new vampires and vampirette. And I like them. I like every single one of them. There's something unique about all of them. I love them. It's $40, which you expect from an Underworld's Warband. And all four of these would make great characters for your new Soulblight army, or whatever they're being called now. And I really like them. <laughs> There's one guy that actually still has wings. He's a little runty. He's got a mace and he's got spiked hair and he's really neat looking. Then you've got the more traditional vampire that's like looking up at his hand like maybe he didn't wash it after he wiped and he's holding a sword and he's looking at his hand like oh man I've I ate with his hand before. I just finished I just finished a sandwich. That's like one of the worst feelings in the world. You just finished a sandwich and you look down. It's happened to all of us at some point. You finish eating your sandwich. You look down at your hand and it's just covered in poop from when you wiped earlier and forgot to wash, right? Am I right? Am I right? Ah, yeah, I'm right. We've all done it. So anyway, he looks like he's mortified that he's got feces on his hand after he just finished his his uh, Lunchables. And there's also a lady vampire, which is two swords and a big old hairdo, and she's fantastic looking. She's uh, pretty regal. They've all got really neat armor on, and uh, they're well painted. Then we also have, the last one is this slightly bigger, slightly stronger looking vampire with a big old mace, and it's more of like a staff with a mace on the end of it. And he's really cool looking. I could 100% see making a, a brutality warband out of this army, and by golly, I might end up getting it. I really, really do like them. The only thing that I might change is I'm really liking the small wings on the guy in the back. 
and the guy that's a little runty, and I might add wings to all of them, because I think that would be cool looking, and it would be a slightly different look on the vampire trope, you know, where they don't usually have wings coming out of their back, so that'd be kind of cool. I could make them like a different breed or a different race um, from some other dimension in brutality. I don't know. I probably will end up getting this, although... 40 bucks for four models is pretty pricey, so that's that's the only drawback on that. But, eh, whatever. I have no interest in Underworld, so if you like that, cool, good on you, but I don't care. Um, other than that, it's ultimately I want that for me, despite the kind of steep price point. But, I mean, that's the typical price for Underworld, so you can only say so much about that because, I mean, you know what you're getting into. But the models are really cool looking. And each one of them has a kind of a different attitude. The guy in the back is like rough and tumble. The woman on the left is like very regal and daring you to attack her. The guy up front still is is regretting that he didn't wash his hands before his lunchable. And the guy on the right is like, come at me, bro, with a big mace on a stick. So that's basically what these guys are about. And it is a want that from the Pimpcron. So go out and buy five. Now it's time for Real Talk with Pimpcron. On today's Real Talk with the Pimpcron, we are discussing, should we just let people enjoy things? I kind of feel like we should. Let's discuss it. So, as you know, I am your idol, your soulmate, and your guiding light, and my name is Pimpcron, and I'm here today with words of peace and unity. With the hostile political climates, Facebook arguments, and general craziness we have going on today, there's something I kind of feel like we should all hear. Let people play the way they want to. No matter how people play 40k, that didn't sound right in my head. How? No matter how people play 40k, yeah, I guess that's right. It just didn't sound right. No matter how people play 40k, let them play the way, the way they want to enjoy themselves. As I've said a hundred times, this game is a stress reliever for me and many of you. It's just a game. So take it easy and let your friends play how they want. If they want to bring the latest netlist, then just let them. If we're being honest here, not every player is created equal in the mental department. If your friend needs to rely on others to make his lists because he isn't creative enough, or smart enough, or intelligent enough, or any of that to make his own list, then just let him. His parents and the public school system failed him in nurturing his ability to think critically. It's not his fault he's a bit slow. You see, the chaos gods love everyone equally, no matter how unoriginal, bland, boring, or copy and paste they are. They just have to understand that a lot of players just generally suck at life, and they can't grasp higher ideas such as adding points and reading rules to find synergies or... Anything like that. I mean, these people are the type that you got to pull their finger out of their nose before they even begin playing the game. You really shouldn't judge someone who constantly needs the group think of the internet to point them in the right direction in the most basic of strategy. You should just be kind and understanding. Warhammer should be a safe space for people to just play the way they want. And it doesn't matter how deficient they are mentally. Uh, just let them play the game. If they play Space Marines or they play Necrons, just just let them play. Now, it's arguable if Necrons should be on this list, but I kind of feel like they are. If your friend plays Space Marines, you should pity him. 
Let him bring his cheesy army. Think about this for a second. He is willing to buy, assemble, and paint an army of stupid marines just to win. He's willing to throw away all of his friendships for a cheap and unfulfilling win. That is a level of desperation and stick that is actually both impressive and sad to see, and you just have to let it run its course. Hopefully, his whole Space Marine phase is just that. It's just a phase. He will grow out of it, hopefully. He'll figure out who he really is, and when he has no more friends, he might change his tune. If he wants to play Necrons and literally have the game win itself for him, there's nothing you can do. Just be understanding that he is not very good and not very smart. He needs this powerful army to fill in the gaps of his personality and his skill, which both are extremely lacking. We must treat these people with kindness and respect. We need to gently look over all of the Necron and Space Marine players' weaknesses and deficiencies as humans. It's the right, just compassionate and moral thing to do if they only enjoy winning as opposed to anything else in this hobby just let them if you play with a quote-unquote friend who is a whack player just let him win he has obviously been damaged by someone in his life and needs this game as a vent for his frustrations if a robot has a broken leg can you blame him for walking in a circle no, he's been damaged and he can't help himself. Such is the whack player's experience. Some sort of deep-seated, dark self-loathing has gripped him due to some past transgression against him. You should pity him more than all the other players combined because he is truly a broken man. Please treat him with understanding and a tender attitude. He doesn't just want to win. You understand he needs to win. Just be the bigger person and let him steamroll you for the sake of the laundry list of mental issues, and you will end up seeing that with understanding and forgiveness, we can allow all these misfit and damaged people to continue playing our game. This may be the closest thing to therapy they will ever get, and to be honest, it may not be cheaper than therapy. If they never paint their models, that's okay. So what if your friend has an all-gray army due to his four thumbs and his backwards index finger on each hand? You can't just go around making fun of people with genetic disorders. I won't stand for it, matter of fact. Some people are really good at painting, while others just don't have the knack. Sure, they probably haven't tried. And sure, they're probably just lazy. Okay, yeah, they probably have tons of time to paint and they choose not to. But so what? It's none of our business if they want their models to look unfinished. Maybe there's an all-gray plastic Space Marine chapter out there you don't know. I think it's being a bit smug of you to make fun of these lazy gamers who refuse to put even a primer color on their models. It's not any of your concern that they don't care that their unpainted armies make the whole board look weird. You have to be much more compassionate to this unskilled demographic of gaming society. If you really think about it, in the end, all we need is love. This is the 21st century, and I can't sit idly by while all of you game shame these people for all the deficiencies in their mental and social and physical areas. These players need to be treated with gentleness and kindness like the way you'd treat a dumb puppy. We need to unify together as a loving gaming community and stop bad-mouthing these poor, stupid, ugly, awkward, lazy, ignorant gamers. It's what the Emperor would want. Disclaimer. 
Uh, Necrons was my first army, and I still love them. And yes, I use them to fill the gaps in my underdeveloped personality. But to be honest, I have not played them once in 9th edition. <laughs> so I guess the gaps in my personality aren't that deep. Uh, I just I haven't gotten around to it. It's not that I'm really against them. And like I said, Necrons are a little bit... Maybe they shouldn't be on that list of overpowered, but they're they could be pretty gross. So I'm I'm throwing them in there anyway. But Space Marines for sure they can S a D for all I care because they really really need to be toned down and uh, or whatever. All the other books can be brought up to it. I don't care. You know what? I don't even care. The point is is that we just need a little more compassion in this hobby and with these people because they're clearly not playing with a full deck. They're clearly the dregs of humanity and they obviously are not as good as you and me the executive war gamers so please be kind anyway thank you for listening to my rant i greatly appreciate it and gamemat.eu thank you for supporting the show and patreon sponsors thank you so much for supporting the show i greatly appreciate it and i will see you next week